It's nice to be back again. This is my second week talking about uh, Romans. Uh, we went over chapter 12 last week. Uh, today we'll go over chapter 13 and 14. Uh, I teach in the, or one, one of the teachers in the Bible study that meets in the mornings. Uh, currently, Scott Brubaker speaking. Uh, I wanted to say that I, I was speaking with Joe, that will be, Joe Caracappa, who will be speaking next week, and we were discussing about how Romans has been approached through various pastors. Uh, and there's, there's been people that have taken eight years to go through the book of Romans, so doing it in, in just a few weeks like we are is quite compacting it, and it is going to affect a little bit about how I approach the the subject today. Normally in, in our Bible study class each morning, we'll read the text. Well, I've got two chapters to go over, and we'd probably finish up about the time that we'd be, we'd be finished, finishing here. So uh, we're going to hit a couple verses. Uh, we're going to be discussing topics, uh, but we'll encourage you as you go home uh, to read the text, to look it over, and to study it for yourself. Uh, and if you have questions today or you want to, if something interests you or you, you want to get in further depth, I encourage you uh, in the morning at 845, Scott's going over the, the, uh, the, the book of Romans and we're, we're able to discuss it and, and look over the different uh, thoughts that people have about it. One of the things that I, I spoke about last week is I, I mentioned that I had a gift uh, that I had for my wife. Uh, actually, two gifts. Uh, one that she she gave me the hints about, and there was there was another one that that I just thought was was real special. Um, and uh, you know, after the sermon, people come up and ask you questions about what the sermon was about. Well, the big question was, what was the gift? What what what'd you give her? Toothpaste. <laughs> She's a dental hygienist. <laughs> This is, this is a high-tech toothpaste, uh, Livianex Blue Dental Gel. It's high-tech. It's just, it's just this, it's just this little, little tube, 20, 20 bucks. It was, it was, it was, pri oh my gosh, I told her the cost of it now. <laughs> I couldn't hold back. I had to give this to her uh, because it was just, it was exciting to me to get something that, that fit in exactly something that, that I thought was just for her. Now, I, I gave her the real gift on her birthday, but this was something I couldn't hold back with. Paul does the same thing in Romans. Uh, we see at the very beginning, he says, I, I've got a gift to give to you, and I, I just couldn't help but think that Paul couldn't hold back either. He, he, had, to, he had to give this gift to, to the Romans early. Uh, and that's what the book of Romans is about. Now, when he, when he did get there, I'm sure that he continued preaching this message because you'll, you'll hear these, these same themes in Corinthians and Philippians and Galatians. He, he uses the same, the same themes, the same illustrations. Um, in, in fact, I was, I was quite surprised to see as I went through chapter 12 of Romans last week that it really fits in very solidly in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. Uh, Romans 12 speaks of, of gifts, uh, and then it talks about love. And sure enough, Romans, or 1 Corinthians 12 is all about the gifts he gives the church. And uh, the, the next chapter, chapter 13, is the famous chapter of love. 
um, that, that, you know, Paul preaches this and he goes and, and develops his message, uh, tailoring it to each, each group. Before we get started, let me pray and we'll, we'll get started. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity uh, that we all have to come and worship you here today. We pray that we might listen to your word, that your, might, your spirit might open hearts to what you want us to hear, uh, that we might be receptive to, to listen to your message to us. Help me today to, to be clear in the presentation, and we pray that you can guide us through our week. In Christ's name we pray. So last week we spoke about justification. Uh, or the, the beginning message of, of Romans was justification. Verses, or the, uh, chapters 1 through 12 uh, tell us how, how sinful we were, uh, that, that we were without hope, uh, that, that we couldn't approach God. We had no righteousness of our own. And God, uh, through Christ, uh, by believing in Him in faith, uh, that He makes us clean. He makes us righteous before God. The word justification, this idea of we were dishonored bodies, uh, we, we served the creature, God justified us, He made us righteous. Chapter 12 starts off with, therefore, and that's what we are, uh, we're, therefore we're justified, what are we going to do with it? We're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, we're to offer spiritual service. Uh, this turning point, uh, chapters, or chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is, is the hinge that the whole rest of the book of Romans follows with. It's going to tell us things we, we, we're supposed to do, uh, and it all hinges not on the fact is that what's, that's what makes us righteous, but the fact that we've been called righteous, we've been justified, and this is what, this is what we should do. This is our response to being justified. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers, through the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Let's see. There's an action there, uh, a call for action. God's, uh, Paul's saying, because of this, this is what you should do. It's grounded there in the mercies of God. Uh, through the mercies of God, uh, Paul's saying, God's given us this. Uh, and then... Down, down there it says, it's only reasonable, it's only logical. Uh, this is what follows, because God justified us, because of his mercy, because he, he justified us. It's only logical or reasonable. I've got some hints there through, through the message that sort of tells you where I'm going with this, and you'll be able to follow me before I even say it, just by looking at, at what's bolded there. Paul's given us an action to do. Uh, that action is sacrifice. He says, be a living sacrifice. Uh, in the Greek, we said last week, it's, he wants us to sacrifice ourselves, and then he gives three adjectives, living, holy, and acceptable to God. What's a sacrifice? Normally, a sacrifice is offered, and it's killed. Uh, here, he's asking us to be a living sacrifice. He's asking for our devotion. He's asking for our holiness to be separated, to be different from that around us. Uh, and he's asking us to be acceptable to God. Uh, we want to be pleasing to God. He goes on um, and it says the reason uh, we, we get some benefit for this, this 
closeness or this, this, this sacrifice, the benefit is we can begin to be connected with the will of God. Uh, we can approve God's will, whatever it may be. Uh, we can understand that we're walking in God's steps, that, that God is, is with us uh, as, as we, uh, as, uh, and understand it as we uh, give the sacrifice. And then he gives some practical actions. Uh, in in uh, 12.2, uh, he says, live, live as the body of Christ, uh, value diversity, uh, love without hypocrisy. Um, and you can see uh, practical actions. Don't think more highly than yourselves, of yourselves than you, than you ought. Uh, where, where is the, the, the fight? Uh, Paul says the, the fight is in our mind. Uh, don't think of yourself more highly than you, you ought. Uh, think the same thing towards one another. This is all review. Uh, we, we spoke about, uh, last week we spoke about comparisons, uh, about how um, uh, we, we, we spoke about how uh, Paul was saying to, uh, this, this is what we were, uh, this is what we are, this is what the renewed mind looks like. Um, and Paul goes on in quite a few different places uh, to talk about this mind. He's, he's, not, he's not talking about this only in uh, Romans, uh, but throughout his message. Uh, here, here we have uh, Paul in a couple verses, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, that we spoke about love, saying, in, in the past, I thought as a child. I, I wasn't fully developed. Uh, I reasoned like a child. In, for, in 2 Corinthians, he talks about uh, the God of this age blinding uh, blinding minds. Um, he talks about minds being led astray. Uh, he talks about the ones who think earthly things. Uh, in Ephesians, he talks about the futility of the mind. Um, in Colossians, uh, set your mind on things above. Uh, this, this battle that Paul says we're to fight, this renewing of the mind is a theme that Paul continues on and on and on in his message. Uh, he talks about unfit minds, minds that are hardened, blinded minds, uh, thoughts that, are, that lead them astray, uh, the futility of our thinking, uh, minds shaped by earthly things. Uh, he talks about taking every thought captive. Um, th this idea of the battle being in the mind is, is something that Paul reiterates again and again and again. Uh, Paul says to transform our minds, uh, that our, our minds should be transformed, not conformed. And then he goes on with a number of different, different commands, uh, different uh, admonition, admonitions. The first one in, in verse 12, or in chapter 12, uh, was, was this idea of um, not being overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, and that, that was the first admonition that Paul gave, and we spoke a little bit about that week, uh, that last week. Here we have uh, in chapters 13 and 14 three subjects that we're going to be talking about. Uh, one is uh, being subject to governing authorities. Uh, he talks quite a bit about that, uh, something that's really going to hit us hard because we've got an, an election coming up. Uh, who are we going to be subject to, and how should we approach that? Another topic he talks about is, is being obliged to no one except to love. Uh, and the third one, all of chapter 14, is except the one who is weak in the faith. And these are three topics we're going to talk about today. We're going to go over them broadly. Uh, in fact, Paul offers them broadly. Uh, these aren't things that, 
that he covers in great deals because there, there are exceptions to these. Paul doesn't deal with exceptions. He's, he's talking about how to change your mind and how to broadly think about the topic. Uh, so Paul's, Paul's speaking broadly and in other places uh, we'll, we'll read about exceptions as you, as you get here. But you'll, you'll look at Paul's idea. Are you worried about our nation? Are you frightened by the choices of the leaders we have to choose from? We'll be voting in a month. Um, we've got some terrible choices to make. It's, it's just, do I vote for him? Do I vote for her? It's just, it's frightening, isn't it? Uh, wh- where, wh- what are we going to do? Uh, our nation's in big trouble. Wh- where do we go? Uh, this passage that we have uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, is going to help us a little bit, uh, help us to take comfort. Turn to Romans 13, 1 and 2. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God. And those that exist are put in place by God. So then the one who resists authority resists the ordinance, which is from God, and those who resist will receive condemnation on themselves. There's a number of different ways we can view authority. We can look at it. This, this, this person's lousy. We've got we've to fight. We can resist them. We can, we can you know, complain about them all we want. Uh, this, this is just terrible. What, what's going on here? Uh, he's obviously against God's thoughts or against God's, God's will. Uh, we can be angry and look at it that way. But what does Paul say? Uh, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Uh, this idea of being subject uh, is the same words used as a hu- in a husband-wife relationship. A wife is to be subject to the husband. Um, we're to be subject to the government. Um, this, this idea of, of, uh, of being angry, uh, of being bitter against the government, isn't what Paul's saying. Uh, he's, he's asking us to transform our thoughts. There's another way. Another way we can look at it, what Paul's saying here is that this, this person, uh, we, we think we voted him in. We, we think we're the ones that put him there. Uh, God's saying, I put this person here. I put that person in place. Um, we think we have the power in our vote. God's saying, I'm, I'm in control here. That I'm, I'm the one going on. Uh, I'm the one putting in, pla- putting in place this leader. Think of the different leaders in Paul's time. Uh, think of the things that he put up with. Uh, we, we had uh, Paul be, before the magistrate uh, in, in uh, I think it's Tarsus or Jerusalem. Um, he, here, there he was with Silas preaching, and, and the people didn't like what he was saying and, and started roughing him up. And then the, then the authorities came, and the authorities roughed him up some more, hit him with rods in Acts 16. Uh, and then imprisoned him, imprisoned him overnight. Um, what was Paul's response? This is just lousy. Um, Paul's response, they, they caught him. They caught him that night singing praises to God. Um, imagine he's, he's in prison. He's just been beaten, roughed up. Oh, I'm aching. Oh, the back. 
He's, he's singing praises. He's not complaining. He's transformed his mind. He's changed his mind uh, about what, what, he thinks, what, he, what he thinks he should do, what's common to do, what's normal to do. Uh, and, and Paul's praising God at that point. An earthquake comes uh, later on in one of them at Friesum. Here, here Paul is, is released uh, and confronts the, the leaders, uh, confronts the authorities and said, I'm a Roman citizen. Um, and they apologize to him. Uh, they're doing what, what leaders should do. Uh, but God doesn't, always, God doesn't always say that happens. Uh, sometimes leaders aren't acting like they should. Um, think of the, the Pharaoh uh, with Moses. Uh, was, was Pharaoh acting? Was, was he there under God's rule? Uh, the, the Pharaoh certainly was against God. He was against the Israelites leaving. And yet he was God's messenger. Uh, God said he put him there so that he could show his power. So the Pharaoh wasn't for God, actually acted against God's purposes, but God was using him. Uh, so our leaders may not be, be the best, may not be great, may not do what we want to do. Uh, God has them there for a purpose. Um, and we're, we're told to, to pray for them. Um, in Titus, remind them to be subject to the rulers and the authorities, to obey, um, to be prepared for every good work. And First Peter, uh, Peter says, slaves, be subject to your master in all respects, not only those that are good and gentle, uh, but also those who are unjust. Um, transform our minds. Don't do what, we, what comes naturally. Um, we're, we're to, to be different. We're to be transformed. Paul's idea of dealing with the mind there uh, is, is to change the way we think. Imagine yourself in Kensington. The crowds become restless, agitated and unruly. They begin yelling at you. They begin beating some of you. The police come, and they join in. Um, they encourage the crowd, and then they lock you up real possibility in, in our, in our, that, we're, that we're reading about. Um, how would you react in a situation like that? Um, it sort of parallels Paul's situation where he was locked up. Um, the battle is in the mind. God invests people with authority, uh, but that doesn't guarantee that they will exercise it as God intends. Uh, in the case of Paul during Moses' life, the Pharaoh was the authority and uh, the Pharaoh was disobedient. Um, understanding the attributes of God, uh, that He is sovereign, that He's all-knowing, uh, helps us with the understanding that we can submit to authority, uh, submit to those in authority over us. God has a plan. Be a, uh, the, nec the next section uh, that, that uh, Paul goes in in Romans is this, this idea of, of being obliged to no one except in love. Uh, Romans 13, 11 through 14 reads, And do this because you know... Oh, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll start off in Romans 8. Um, be obliged to no one except to love. Uh, and then in, a, in verse 10 it says, Love does not commit evil against a neighbor. Uh, therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Uh, we, we talked about law earlier in Romans, uh, that, 
the law didn't, uh, that the law was meant to bring us to salvation, uh, to show us our sin, but it didn't, it didn't do anything for us. It really condemned us. Uh, here, what Paul's saying is love is the, is, the one that, is the thing that fulfills the law, and we're to transform our minds into, in with love. Uh, verses 11 through 14, he says, Do this because you know the time that is already the hour for you to wake from sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than when we believed. The night is far gone, the day is drawn. Therefore, let us throw off the deeds of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us live decently as in the day, not carousing with drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or licentiousness, not in strife or jealousy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make a provision for the mind of the flesh. Again, because you know uh, this idea that Paul's dealing with the mind. This is what you know. Um, don't make provision for the desires of the flesh. There we are. He's putting off. Uh, Paul has a couple, a couple thoughts there. Uh, the idea that the time is near. Um, it's certainly nearer today than it was yesterday. Uh, it's been a long time. He's giving us all a chance, but it's coming uh, this, this day of the Lord. Uh, because we know the time is near, uh, we better act, act now. Uh, wake up from your sleep. Um, this isn't something that we, we, we don't want to be quiet. We don't want to be uh, relaxed about our faith. Uh, faith is supposed to be alive. It's not something sitting in a chair and doing nothing, watching as someone else does your faith. Um, be alive, be active, uh, be curious. Where is the Lord going to take you? Uh, and he, he will work with you. The Lord is nearer now. Uh, our death is coming nearer. Uh, if the Lord doesn't come, uh, we're going to meet him. Uh, that certainly we want to act now. Um, Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing in drunkenness or sexual immorality. Uh, and do not think about how the desires of, uh, do not think how to gratify the desires of the flesh. There's that do not think. Uh, he's, he's talking about the mind once more, uh, that the battle is in the mind. We start in Romans 14 with a, a whole nother section. And again, we're going through this rather quickly. Paul has talked about uh, the law being fulfilled in Christ, uh, and he's given us lots of commands. Um, what we're looking for is, what does God want from us? Uh, I, the, the song recently um, that we sang earlier, let's see if I can find my notes, because I, I wrote them down here. Um, the, the song is, Lord, I need you. I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness Oh, God, I need you. A little quiz here. Is Paul telling us to be righteous in these, in these quotes? I want you to think right. I want you to do right. Um, is, is Paul call, call, calling for us to be righteous so we can present ourselves righteous before God? And the answer is no. Um, my one def in the song, my one defense, my righteousness, Lord, I need you. Our righteousness is found in the holiness of Christ. It's only in Christ. Christ in me is what the song says, that I can present my righteousness before him. So here Paul goes on in chapter 14 
and, and provides one more uh, admonition, admonition, one more command for us. And it's not that we're to be made holy. It's that we may react to that holiness that God's given us, to react to that justification in a holy way. Um, So, so the last uh, section that Paul talks about in chapter 14 is, is uh, continually welcoming the one weak in faith. Uh, he talks about the one uh, that, that comes to you weak in faith. And he says, uh, now receive the one weak in faith, not with quarrels or opinions. Um, we don't have to always agree with each other. Paul says, receive him. He gives a couple examples. Uh, he, he gives examples of his time. He, he talks about meat and eating meat. One eats meat, one doesn't eat meat. Um, meat at the time, at least among the poor and the, 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 the common people, was often sacrificed to, to heathen uh, gods. Um, should I eat that or should I not? Um, some people say no. Some people say it's okay, it's just meat. Um, Paul says, it's, it's, this is an example he used uh, for one that, t- two different opinions. He, let's see, uh, so, so we're to accept the one. Uh, and why are we accept? What's, what's the reason God gives us for accepting one that, that is weak in faith? And that, that uh, answer is that God, God's accepted him. If God's accepted that person, certainly we can. Um, so it, it, Paul says that uh, with exceptions, um, that he goes on in other passages that we can look beyond that. He also uh, gives another example of observing days. Uh, some people worship on this day. Some people worship on that day. Um, God's accepted, accepted them uh, each one must be carefully convinced in his own mind, Paul says in, in 14.5. Um, but we can accept each other uh, because God has accepted us. He goes on in, in uh, 5, uh, says, don't destroy that person. Um, Christ died for that person. So these bitter arguments that, that people could have about days, about meat, uh, don't be bitter with each other. Um, Christ died for that person. God accepted him, we can accept him. Thinking about your mind, it's something that doesn't come naturally, but Paul's saying this is the way you ought to think, uh, that God has done something for him. Certainly I can, I can accept them too. Um, and then he, he goes on to say, don't let your goodness be slandered. Um, you ever know that you were right and argue with it so much that people looked at you at being wrong? Um, it's you know, sometimes it's best just to keep our mouths shut. It's even better uh, if we can welcome that person that believes differently uh, and accept them. Uh, it's amazing how, how many times that there are, we, can, we can accept them. And through communication, one of us comes to understand the other in a, in a more fuller way. Paul goes on in 14 uh, with a second imperative, a second command don't judge one another. Give no cause for stumbling. Don't put a stumbling block in the way of your brother. 
this idea that we can we can agree or we can we can disagree and we can cause a, a brother to 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 stumble. Uh, we can argue with them so much that there's there's a clash of ideas. Uh, don't put a stumbling block in the way of your brother. Uh, don't let the good be blasphemed. Uh, pursue peace and mutual understanding. Paul has talked about thinking. Uh, the way one thinks shapes your actions. Think this way, you're going to do this way. Uh, that thoughts are the way uh, that are the way that our actions come out. How are we good, or how do we go about changing our thoughts? Uh, it, it's it's a hard thing. It's not something that comes naturally. It's something that takes work, and Paul constantly talks about doing this, constantly talks about changing our mind, changing our thoughts, changing our attitudes, and the way we think uh, towards each other. Uh, the, the key theme in all this is love, and he's talked about it twice now in uh, chapters 12 uh, and in 13, that love being the central theme. He goes on in other chapters about talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, how are we to change our thoughts is it something we do through our might and through our power alone? And the answer is no, uh, that God has given the Holy Spirit as a helper, uh, somebody that comes alongside, somebody that works with us uh, so that we have a helper to help us change the way we think. Uh, in Romans 8, he's already talked about this. Uh, for if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit, you'll put to death the deeds of the body. In Ephesians, Paul says that he may grant you according to the riches of glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit uh, in the inner person, that it's the spirit that works with us to change us. We've got to be open to the spirit, open to the spirit's prodding, uh, recognize that God is in us and be open to this change, open to the, the, the new thoughts uh, to be transformed. In Ephesians, again, he writes, Now to the one who is able to do beyond all measure, more than all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That power, the, the Spirit of God works in us. And in Galatians, but I say, live by the Spirit, and you will never carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are opposing one to another. So that whatever you want, you may not do these things. The battle is in the mind. The Romans, uh, very law-abiding. This is where the, the Roman culture developed. They were proud. Uh, they were reasoning people. And Paul's reasoning with them through Romans. Paul says, change, change your attitude, change your mind. Uh, Christians throughout history... Uh, react differently to, to different things. And think, think about Christianity as, as new Christians. Um, they're, they're worshiping or they're, they're a culture, a very small group of people among a bunch of pagans, among, among people that don't believe like them, among a leader that, that is openly hostile to them, uh, that will be killing them in, in years to come, um, killing them for sport. And what does Paul say? Change your mind. Change, change the way you think. Uh, agree with the government. Uh, be conf conf uh, what's the word? <laughs> um, 
don't oppose the government. Um, he's, he's saying that uh, we, we ought to love one another. Uh, we, ought to not, uh, we ought to accept our brother uh, that believes differently, accept the brother that's weaker. Uh, these are all things that go against what we think uh, and against uh, the way the Romans thought. Uh, it was very easy to see somebody weaker than you and push them down, uh, particularly when you, when you were uh, lowly. Um, and uh, Paul's saying to the early Christians and then to us uh, that we need to think differently. Let's pray.